0: Have you ever been sitting in a three-hour lecture wondering if this is worth it or if you're ever going to use this in the real world? Will that student group ever help me get a job? Is working part-time during a school going to help me?
1: Is my idea really good enough to become a successful startup?
0: I'm Ken, alongside my partner Alex, and the people we have on the show have asked themselves the very same questions.
1: We're going to be chatting with these individuals to ultimately answer the question, how did you get here?
0: A podcast focused on giving you... Yes, you. ...advice, insights from successful graduates... ...entrepreneurs, and aspiring leaders. So whether you're commuting that three-hour lecture right now... Or you just woke up. Good morning. Good afternoon. Buckle up. Get ready for an adventure. And
1: welcome to How Did You Get Here Podcast. And three, two, one. And today's guest is the wonderful Stefan Kallenberg. Stefan, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. So let's, let's get into it. Um, so Kenny, take what it we're going to do is
0: I'm going to start by reading you your summary on LinkedIn and then you're going to be able to respond to what that means to you. So, um, I'm a passionate marketer and ambitious entrepreneur with experience on the global stage. My past experiences include residency at the DMZ Playbook and Techstars with Breezy, a sports tech startup where I led marketing and customer success. I've worked with a roster of international clients including the U.S. Open, Emirates, and Portland Trailblazers. Now, building on my own experience, and passions for social change. I'm setting up to tackle the issue of workplace conflict and harassment.
2: Absolutely. So, yeah, I know that's the nice, the formal, formal bio of like my past experience and all that stuff. But no, it's definitely, it's been quite an exciting journey. So back in third year, I guess, started working with Breezy, um, pretty exciting sports tech company. And the benefit of that was we worked with a bunch of sports teams. So I got to go out to Australia. Uh, where I worked with Emirates at the Australian Open, worked at the U.S. Open, Portland Trailblazers, et cetera, and so like I said there, I was I wore a couple different hats. We were a small company, and so I was mostly my priority was marketing. So getting how do we get to the chief marketing officer of a sports team? Like how do we get in front of them? How do we sell to them? Um, and then when we had events. I would be the customer success lead. So like making sure that everything was set up properly because uh, we would actually, we'd go in and set up hardware. Uh, so robotic cameras and then making sure that those were set up, making sure the client was happy, managing that relationship, making sure that the activation got promoted to fans uh, properly. So that was kind of my experience at Breezy. Uh, but yeah, now I've, I've along the way I've noticed a bunch of different problems in the, in the tech industry. And one of those really big problems is inclusion in the workplace. And so, as tech companies grow, um, it's really hard to build a really strong, inclusive culture. And so, if you don't do that right, uh, it can all fall apart. Like you see examples of this very recently in the past year, like many different examples. Um, not going to. Not- give names, but basically like, there's Fair. tons of examples like you guys have seen in the news where companies just kind of fall apart yep. um, or lose tons of money, tons of customers, tons of employees, et cetera, because they don't have a good culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my co-founders and I have all had a variety of different experiences related to bad culture or workplace conflict, workplace harassment. And so we, yeah, it was something close to all of us and we wanted to take a stab at this. Like there's, there's a massive problem that's not being solved, um, so let's try and fix it. Perfect. Now,
0: where does the name Crescendo come from?
1: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. I know it's a musical term, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, actually. Um, we were we were whiteboarding this for hours, like we did multiple sessions, just trying to figure out like what's. Uh, it, it's hard picking a name. You want to get sure. something right, and so what? Kind of the the essence of Crescendo is the fact that right now uh, minorities in the workplace don't really have a voice, mm-hmm. um, and so when you think about that, it's like how do you have an inclusive culture when. Sure, you may be diverse, but the people that are diverse within your your company don't have a voice, and they're not able to contribute to the culture, not able to feel like they can bring them whole selves to, their whole selves to work. Yeah. Um, so the idea is that by empowering them and making it easier for companies to empower them, we're creating a crescendo of voices. We're increasing bodies. their voice, and then at the same time, it's like. I like that. Yeah. This, it's That's a great name. That's it's, a good whiteboard <laughs> session. <laughs> yeah, no, we went, through, we went through a ton of different options, but we really, like, we just, you're like, crescendo. Like, yeah. I like that. that
1: fits. Um, if you don't mind me asking, I mean, maybe too early, but, like, what what exactly is the solution? Like, what have you guys...
2: Yeah, absolutely. So... Walk us through that. We're still, we're as I said, we're still early on. So we started about four months ago. Uh, so right now, the stage that we're kind of in is the customer research and validation stage. So we don't have a solid... Product route out there, getting clients, stuff like that. But what we're doing is the validation of ideas and assumptions along the way. And so, kind of the core of what we're looking at is a basis where um, you companies. Here, I'll back up a bit. So, companies at the stage of like 100 to 150 employees, they've got maybe they have some culture, but it's like three big words and like some sentences built off of that that are like, "Oh, this is what our culture is. This is what you should act." But employees. Struggle, a lot of employees struggle to apply that to their own lives and their own work. It's like, well, how do these three words... Like, how do I act? What are, what's the exact scenario that I have to... Um or behavior that I have to follow in a specific scenario. And so it's really hard to contextualize that to your specific situation. So what we want to do is take these values and associate them to specific policies and procedures. Uh, so basically giving people the ability to say, okay, well, these are our values, but these are the actual different behaviors, different situations that uh, relate to these values and how you're supposed to act. Uh, so that, but then when you look at that, it's like, oh, well, that's going to be a ton of documentation, like 50 pages, 70 pages, like no one's going to read that. So what we're doing is turning that into a chatbot. So that people can type in, oh, this is what happened to me or like as in a manager, maybe it's like, hey, my employee had problem with this. I don't know what to do. And then you get the specific answer. It's like, oh, well, actually, your company has thought of this. Here's the specific thing that you should do, the next steps you need to take in order to handle that situation properly. So it's educating them specifically about what's wrong in their situation and how to fix it. Uh, so that's kind of the core of our product. And then um, moving along the line, we're thinking, we're testing, still testing these things, but kind of expanding to, um, to work built into their communication platform so we can proactively be like, hey, maybe you shouldn't say that. Maybe instead just say something along these lines. Or there's a lot of different options right now, but really the, at the core of it is helping companies to three things. Educate their employees, support their employees, and make sure that people are held accountable. Of course. That's
1: cool.
0: Okay. So... We're going to get go into a little bit of a university talk.
2: i um, yeah, yeah. obviously
0: Ryerson. Uh, mm-hmm. So what degree are you currently working towards?
2: Yeah, so currently I'm working towards a marketing degree. Um, I'm in my fifth year now. I kind of, I don't know, it's interesting though, like you're, I guess I won't jump ahead to any of your questions, but I've had some, uh, like I've had some incredible experiences uh, here at Ryerson, but really I'm, I'm ready, to, ready to finish it up okay. and get on.
0: Um, so I was going to ask you, I was on your LinkedIn and you have a yeah. ton of different roles. Mm-hmm. but I haven't seen any that's like a corporation. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty much for like marketing, at least from my experience, or even I'm an entrepreneurship and strategy, yeah. and even for us, it's a lot of, they cater you in co-op at least to go mm-hmm. work for a corporation, and it's kind of, I mean, not really our, our core value if you're an entrepreneur or yeah. if you're marketing. So what made you take the like the startup path?
2: Yeah, so uh, it's funny. Yeah, like you said, the largest company I've worked at was 15 employees. Um, and so I've really... I guess I've never had that traditional corporate experience, but I've been in situations where there's a lot of bureaucracy and red tape and it's slow. Um, and I don't like that. I like to like move fast, get things done. I, I mean, I, I understand bureaucracy and why it exists and where it is certain places. It's just like, not my, not my vibe. Um, so really that's, I I, did that answer. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I think that's, that's right. Uh, so yeah, you were saying. I, I know we've we've talked before, but I, what what struck me was you actually took a year off. Mm-hmm. Is that right? So,
2: you, pretty much, it was like a little bit more, a little less. So it was a year. I did one class. So like I took one class to still be considered okay, technically you, a student. You. So tell,
1: tell me, tell us a little bit about where mm-hmm. you went, what you did.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. So this was back with Breezy uh, in my fourth fourth year. Um, so I basically. Uh we had the opportunity to go down to a Techstars Accelerator program. Mm-hmm. And so that was it's a globally renowned program, one of the best in the world. And I was like, well, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm stay mean, in not, Toronto. Gonna, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, enough, yeah, exactly. Totally like, like bad why bad would I this. stay here to take a couple classes and not take this opportunity? So I was like, I I still needed it's funny, I still wanted to stay as being considered a student, uh, for like like insurance and like loan purposes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I took one online course while I was down in Boston, but for to be like real, like I wasn't in school for, for that time. And I was really focused on um, learning about entrepreneurship, learning about marketing and really how to start. And actually I learned a lot about sales as well along the way, but learning how to grow a business. Nice.
0: Did you ever take like a course at Ryerson, um, that you felt actually prepped you for what you did in the startup world or or like for your career in general so far? Like anything that helped you with sales in school? Yeah. So,
2: well, not – I wouldn't say sales. I would say there's a variety of things that have really helped me at, at Ryerson. So, a couple – I've had a couple very good classes. Like I had a case analysis – class uh marketing case analysis in in third year that was fantastic we did uh there's four presentations uh, you'd read a case and then four people would make presentation and you'd have questions after and you'd Uh, like question their solution, question their problem statement, um, and have some really good discussion around that. And so that was the entire class was case based. So that was that was a great class that actually, like helped you think critically about problems and and unmarking problems. And then also the past year, actually, I've been taking a course called making the future. It's actually a social change and leadership class. Fantastic. The professor is Kareem He used to be uh, high up in the Ontario government, working with the premier. And he's just He's a genius. He's like a guy who makes things happen. He's, uh, he's doing some exciting things around Ryerson, and so that was also a course that, uh, that gave a lot, but also uh, the student engagement opportunities. so like I was working with the Ryerson Sports Business Association and uh, the Ted Rogers Student Society as a VP corporate for a while, and so that was that was some of the greatest experience that I've had and the ability for me like Ryerson. Um, has done an incredible job with student engagement and the opportunities that you can get through these student groups, and so that was a real opportunity for me to actually sell things. Like I was selling uh, sponsorship on events, I was trying to get speakers in the door, um, and so that was a opportunity to interact with real companies, real people, um, and learn some real sales skills. So that was that was hey, that was great.
0: Yeah. So you said kind of there, you're selling stuff for corporate. Obviously, with your startup, you're gonna have to pitch a lot. So, like, where, like, your let's let's go let's dial back to your first ever like pitch for um, backpack. Like, what was it like to have your first pitch to?
2: a marketer or anybody interested. It's interesting. So with with Backpack actually, I was doing like just to give everyone a bit of context, to do freelance content marketing to support my pay rent while I work on crescendo. Um, Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) The rent here is nuts. But um anyway, so I with with Backpack I actually I didn't really have to sell much. Like a lot of it came through relationships that I'd built along the way, people that I'd met um who just who'd seen my work at Breezy and like, hey like notice you're moving on, like, do you have any time to help out with some of our content? And so a lot of my, I guess, you, like, clients have come through just relationships, so I didn't really... I wouldn't say there was too much pitching there, um, but on, with Crescendo, we've done a bit more pitching. Um, so we actually just... We won the Sandbox uh, by DMZ grant, like a student grant a $5, competition. 000. Yeah, so $5,000 with the opportunity to get another twenty-five, which is huge. Um, and so, yeah, we worked on that pitch for, for definitely, like probably a solid week and prepped beforehand did a lot of practice and it came out great obviously because uh yeah I
1: think that's why I, I I do I do love Ryerson like I would say like oftentimes I'm kind of the guy that doesn't I don't totally go for the student group sort of thing but I love Ryerson because of the opportunities like the DMZ and these incubators the fact that it, like as a student money is not really a barrier for you. If you go through the school and you check the resources, you can basically do whatever yeah. you, you want as long as it's valuable. Um, so, yeah, that, that's something that's, that's really important to me. But um, I, I want to, like, talk more about your, the university sort of journey that you're on. Um, it seems like you're eager to leave. It's, right. a fair so, it. it's a right. fair statement. It's a fair statement. How much do you think, um, and I, I know you're sort of going in the entrepreneurial route, but how much do you think that like, the grades versus engagements like, level that ratio for me to see which one's more important, especially in a business degree? You know what I mean?
2: So I think, so to preface the statement, I think it completely depends on the career path you want to go into. So if you want to go into finance accounting, you, you need the marks. Oh, it's agree. a reality. I Whereas agree. you look at marketing, entrepreneurship sales, like, mm, not, I mean, well, maybe if you want to go work at PNG, I think they still check your GPA, stuff like that. But like, if you want to go the route, uh, like the, we're going like entrepreneurship, like small companies, grades, really, they're not significant. Like as, as long as you're not like fl- failing, like if you've got like a three point, whatever, like a three, like they don't, that's fine. They don't care. They're going to care more about how you compose yourself, what your values are. Um, Because at a young stage, like I remember when I was like, I've done one job interview in my life, but the reason I was able to get a job was because of kind of who I was, not my grades. It was just like, they were like, they saw potential in me. They saw that, Hey, he's got good values. He's got the drive. Um, He's willing to sacrifice to like make this work. And so those were the things that got me hired, not my, I i don't even know what my gpa is to be honest but like yeah not my my gpa isn't what got me hired so i think when looking at especially a business degree um if you don't put in extra time to make connections get real world experience while you're in school you're wasting your money like you like with any business degree um the core skills that you need to take out of this are the ability to build relationships like the soft skills like everything they talk about like that's literally, that's why you should be going to business school. Like yep. the business concepts themselves are very, like they're pretty basic. Like yep. you can find a lot of it online. Exactly. Um, but it's exactly like the, the network that you build, uh, the relationships and the ability to create relationships is, is vital. For sure. Right. Now
0: you said you had one interview. Have you hired anybody from, for Backpack? I guess Backpack with more freelance, mm-hmm. but for Crescendo,
2: have you guys done any hiring? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, so... I did hiring back at Breezy okay. uh, for a bit, but with my, my own companies have not not yet. Soon, so,
0: but let's say in theory or even when you're at Breezy, what are like the three most employable characteristics you'd be looking for in a new hire? Uh, for what role? For like it's just at, in general, general as like, as a, as like as a an, founder? kind of an
2: intern type like yeah, yeah, okay exactly yeah. Um, so for me, I would definitely like for me. I think the the most important thing. I don't know if this is general across everyone, but for me, it's values. So like understanding, putting them in situ with situational questions to see how would they act in situations and trying to gauge what their values are based off of those. So like, I don't, I don't think it's like, it's super helpful to ask people like, Oh, what are your values? I think it's more helpful to ask people, like put them in a situational question and see how they would act to Mm -hmm. gauge what those values are. Uh, So that number one values. Number two is the ability to kind of think on their feet and um, not be afraid to make decisions. Because I think at a startup, um, there's not like you ideally you want to onboard people and give them like the the the, like ability to succeed. But there's so much going on. Like I remember when I started at Breezy, I it was like like maybe half a day and it was like okay let's start figuring stuff out and you jump right into it. There's no like. When you go into a corporation, you get a two-week training period. Like that's not a reality at a startup, um, just because there's not the there's, you don't have the resources to give that type of training and onboarding. Like you, um, but yeah, you try your best as a founder to onboard people, but it's not easy. Um, so that yeah, second is the ability to kind of think on your feet, make fast decisions, um, and third, I'd say, is how you create and manage relationships. I think that's extremely important because as a startup. Um, you're such a small team that every single person in your company represents the brand of your startup, and the brand is it's so important um, because if you start to tarnish that from an early standpoint by having bad relationships, by making decisions that come off as selfish and self-centered, then you're gonna lose a lot of the like because I, uh, how I would describe it is a lot of the times when you're a young company, you're you need people more than they need you most of the time. So you have to be amazing and like kind, thoughtful. You think of things from like be empathetic Mm -hmm. and think of things from other people's perspective so that you can um, like, even like for an example, it's emails. It's like when this person receives this email, what is the way that, how can I make it as easy as possible for them to say yes to what I'm asking for? So it's like clearly outlining what you are, are hoping for, how this might relate, relate to their priorities. Um, and then if you're like asking for a phone call, I always, I never ask for more than 20 minutes. I want to be respectful of your calendar, you're busy. And then I'll outline three times uh, and then say, hey, if none of these work, please let me know what's best and I'll make that work in my calendar. So just being like putting yourself in their shoes and thinking like, okay, if I received this email, how, how would I say yes? What's the easiest way for me to say yes? So I think it's a recap: uh, values, uh, the ability to make relationships and, and hold those relationships, and the ability to think on your feet.
1: Yeah, I, I like the indecision will kill most things. I think in general, um, and I, I, I like that a lot. Um, I'll pivot the question. Similar sort of thing. You're in the you're in the startup world. You're sort of an entrepreneur guy. When you're looking for a co-founder, what are those?
2: Absolutely. So uh, it's interesting as I just recently went through this process like four months ago finding uh, Sage and Daniel, my co-founders. Um, so really the biggest thing was that we needed to be like, I don't know, it's, it, on the same wavelength. That's how I would describe it. It's like you have to be in the same headspace in terms of like kind of your objectives with going into this business, the the passion that's driving you to solve this problem um, and then thirdly kind of have where you're not the same as what your skill set so all three of us have different like we've got similar skill sets but different skill sets we're all good um at building and creating and managing relationships which is vital as i said before but then at the same time like my background is marketing and sales daniel is finance and operations and sage is on the technical side so we're all in the same headspace we've all got the same like priorities and goals and um some solid skill sets but we've also got those complementary technical skills
1: interesting yeah, i like that um Okay.
0: Let's talk about where you see the future of, um, like, in terms of, like, you know, Canada's going towards more, like, being the entrepreneurial. Um, Where do you see, like, things like coding and stuff taking over sales roles or, like, the future of being an entrepreneur
2: with technology? Yeah. So, I think, I don't know, I think, like, some of the biggest, like, with the, like, the progression of artificial intelligence, I think there's, we're not going to see like sales roles and all that disappear because there's still so much human interaction that's required. But what you're going to see is companies popping up to assist those people and make it easier and maybe more efficient. So you might see less salespeople because they have to do less of the menial work, um, that gets automated and, and so on. Like there's one company, zoom.ai. They're basically a personal assistant, like an automated personal assistant. So it's like automating tons of very menial time consuming, but like, simple tasks so that people can be more efficient so that rather than only the executives having an an EA everyone has an EA Um, and then there's companies like Nudge.ai which are uh, kind of it's helping you understand the relationships in your network and your company's network so that you can see like how like the strength of relationship between maybe like your friend on the hall but he doesn't know that you are trying to approach oracle to make a sale Mm -hmm. but maybe he has relationships to oracle and then with nudge you're able to see the strength of relationship throughout your company so like automated through ai it's like automating a lot of the things around sales and so on Um, but when it comes to Uh, like, the development side of things is definitely going to be huge. Like, there already is a huge demand for people with, uh, like, skill sets around data, data analysis, data um, qualification, data collection, um, as well as training algorithms. So there's, like, these... Some algorithms do train themselves. I'm not an expert on AI, so I'm not going to get into that. But I know there's some types of AI that require an engineer to be there to kind of, like, correct it as it goes and train that model. Um, So people, those are definitely going to be some of the biggest, uh, most desirable skill sets.
1: Yeah, I I really like thinking far in the future, especially in terms of, like, the employment world. And, you know, I, I really like the idea that people are probably, like, the majority of people are going to be self-employed in the future, I think, because, like you're saying, a lot of these menial tasks are just going to be automated. So uh, tell me a little bit about, like, I just want to see what you think about the future of employment and where, to, where it goes, certain, you know, uh, work-life balances, sort of how that goes, especially with, you know, crescendo being hopefully a, a big, big market or a big thing in, in the um, HR world.
2: Yeah. So employ- it's definitely like the future of employment. So there's obviously we, we've seen what the gig economy and like, like yeah. all the, all, there's so many startups that have arisen out of helping people find work outside of like just to be themselves an entrepreneur. Um, so definitely like, I think that's going to only continue to grow. Um, people are going to continue to work on the side, have a, like a side hustle or whatever. Um, as for, companies themselves like i think companies you'll see companies getting smaller i think that's that has been happening um with like even for the past 10 years like technology has allowed for like like, automating a lot of these processes and that's just going to continue so i think companies are going to get smaller um they're going to downsize uh but then you might see you'll see some specialization come out with like so new companies like you said like a lot of people are going to be starting companies um to fill these gaps that are created so i think I don't know if that's a, it's not a full answer, but um, I think that's yeah, that's what we're going to smaller companies um, and a lot of a lot more of the side gigs
0: for sure. Now I think we're going to wrap up the the podcast and go into our ten golden questions, but I have one last question to kind of close it out. Um, what advice would you give right now to first, second, third year students that are listening to this so that they are able to start either differentiating themselves or preparing to become either a new career or entrepreneur in the future.
2: Yeah, I think if you're if you a first, second, third year student, you want to go into entrepreneurship, um, work at smaller companies, or not necessarily start your own, but work at startups, um, you need to stop putting all of your energy into classes. Like, at classes, it's still important. You still need to graduate, uh, get like somewhat decent grades, but that shouldn't be your number one priority. You should look at your kind of outline of your schedule and see, like, where can I invest my time that's going to give me the best return on investment and in my opinion the best return on your investment for your time is going to be getting real skills so like the stuff that i mentioned that people are looking for like how do you like practice to practice making and managing relationships like just go to like get involved whether it's student clubs or doing internships um starting your own thing like just try things out if you fail like does it really matter no, like I've done a bunch of things that didn't work out. Just I wanted to try them, see how it goes. But like, if you've got, um, if you've got financial support behind you, it makes it a lot easier. Obviously, but some people I know aren't in that exact situation. But if you're, if you don't necessarily have the ability to just go out and do something for free or try something out, look at the like, especially at Ryerson. Look at the resources. Like, mm-hmm. there's a program called Startup Certified. We where just graduated th- yesterday just last night. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's like. You can go do that and get paid by Ryerson to start your own thing, or go get paid to work at a startup. Yeah. Um, like a basically co-op for entrepreneurship. There's grants flying around. Like there's so much money going around to support student entrepreneurs that you can make it work. So I think that's the biggest thing. Just take take a leap of faith. Stop just hanging out in your classroom, going home, and
1: it, this is the time to try shit. This is the time exactly. to just Throw it at the wall and see if it sticks.
2: Exactly. And so I mean, if you if everything just messes up, like what's, where are you? Like you can just go back to doing class. Like, and if entrepreneurship isn't for you, you'll learn that. And then you'll stop like wasting your time thinking about like, Oh, what could have been like, you'll figure out like, Hey, I don't like this. And then you'll go work at a corporation, which is not like, it's not a bad thing. Like you get benefits, you get a better salary, but like it's, it's different and it's not for everyone. So I think figure that out sooner rather than later. For sure.
1: All right. Well, cool. Let's uh, let's hop on to our sort of uh, lightning round. Awesome. Um, do you mind putting it in the middle because I I don't have one on internet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right.
0: Uh, okay. So I'll start off. Fair, sure, fair. Sure, okay. Sure. So I know, I know you said it earlier that you'd never ask somebody in an interview to say their values, but surprise, our first question is um,
2: just finish fill in the blank. So my top five values are. Yeah. So honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. I just have three, um, so I'm not going to go. I don't. I like the other two will be. Like kind of made up on the spot, but like I know for sure, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness are mine. Amazing. That cool.
1: Was, uh, that was, that was quick. Yeah, <laughs> I know my. I know my own. <laughs> I guess. Value. I guess you have it know you need know your own values. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. for sure, right? um,
2: my role model is uh, my dad. Hmm. He's uh, like he's not at all related. He's actually he's a rocket scientist who works for Jeez. the government. He's just like a really he's a smart guy. Uh, yeah, I look up to him.
1: Cool.
0: That's great. Um, so, my biggest flaw is.
2: I can take on sometimes I, um, so I'm working on it, but it's, uh, the the fact that I jump into things very quickly. So for me, it's something I'm working on. Like I said, is the ability to kind of stop, breathe, think like, do I need to do this? Is it going to relate to my kind of end goals yes or no and then decide but in the past I have not been as good at that and I've been very like yeah sure I'll jump into that yeah sure and then I overload myself yeah and, uh, oh
1: yeah I'm yeah. in the same I can, same relate, boat right I can relate to that 100 <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent
2: um okay at what point will you be able to say I'm successful. um it's I don't know I like I'm more so focused on like being happy. Like I don't know, it's just very cheesy, but like I like I don't know if there's necessarily like a point like a number amount of money or anything like that where I'm like I'm successful. It's just more so like am I doing something that I love? Am I around people that I love? Um and do I feel good about that?
1: Yeah, I, I that's I would say like I don't think success is much of a, a goal as mm-hmm. much as it's like it's like a meter that you have to maintain mm-hmm.
2: sort of mm-hmm.
1: like like I think happiness is a really exactly. good good yeah. way to measure that. Yeah.
2: Um, so in three months, I will, um, not be sleeping. (laughs) No, we're going through, like, um, my co-founders and I are going to be living on U of T campus, going through the next 36 program. And so they're going to be doing the classes. I'm going to be going to like conferences and stuff, but we're going to be building the business and there's not going to be a lot of sleep involved. (laughs) I love it. Um, in six months, I will, um, be recovering from, no, <laughs> um, we'll be, hopefully have like, start hiring some people and grow on the team. Awesome. That's great. Um, r- run me through your morning routine. Um, yeah, so I have three alarms set because sometimes I don't wake up at the first two. I feel like that's a common struggle. <laughs> and then, uh, from there, like I'll get up, like, I I love water. I've got my Gatorade bottle. Just love that. Drink some water, make my breakfast. I'll normally have like eggs, toast. Um, Just kind of like sit there, enjoy my breakfast. Like I take like 30, 45 minutes every morning to just enjoy the breakfast. I hate rushing because then the rest of my deal, the rest of my day just feels rushed. Uh, So I like to take that time and just slow. Oh, and coffee. Yeah, of course.
0: We're both trying to figure out like (laughs) how to make a good morning routine. Obviously, with school, kind of throws throws you off, and you have also like a conference or an event until like nine thirty. You're like, right. you get home, and, and then
1: you have to push back your alarms to earlier in the morning. Yeah, and yeah. start earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a dream to get like a
0: like we both want to get like a like a twenty minute like uh, yeah. routine, like military routine, like wake up, brush
1: your teeth, like shower, eat this. Like, mm-hmm. be really cool. Yeah. The book I am currently reading is
2: uh, so in the right now. I'm reading Lean Startup as part of one of my classes and the next 36, just cause it's assigned to us. Um, but I've got a couple of other books on the, the next up. Um, one is called, uh, how fucked up is your management? <laughs> um, it's an interesting, I'm looking forward to reading it. So just cause based off crescendo and un- wanting to understand different perspectives about workplace culture and so on. Um, and then, um, there's one more that I have. Um, Oh, Bold. Bold. It's an entrepreneurship, another entrepreneurship book. Great book.
0: Awesome. And final question. Um, the quote I live by is:
2: uh, "The harder you work, the luckier you get." It's I love that. The, That's way, a good one. It's That's the way it is, it's true because like I've so many times, like, and not just me, like I've heard other people say, like, like, "Oh, you're you're so lucky, you got this opportunity." But it's really the person worked hard and they put themselves in the right place, at the right time, yeah. with the right kind of mm-hmm. skill set, and they seized that opportunity. It's not not just luck.
1: Wow. Well, cool. I think that's a good place to end. The harder you work, the luckier you get. Um, this has been another episode of How Did You Get Here podcast with Alex and Ken and our lovely guest, Stefan Collenberg. Thanks again. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, Yeah. Stay tuned, folks.